So we've finally arrived at a place in uh, in the Story Night podcast history where the intro hasn't be re- been recorded so far in advance uh, that it makes it irrelevant. And actually, this might even be too far ahead. I don't know, because things change on a daily basis. And we're kind of in the space where we're waiting for a big change here in Washington State. Um, but before I continue digressing, let me get to some of the normal stuff. From the coolest Navy town in America, this is the Story Night Podcast. Each month, at least for five years, it was true. We gathered in a bar in Bremerton, Washington. And we told stories. You're about to hear one of those stories. And I imagine that someday before long, we'll be back at the bar telling stories again. My name, by the way, is Stephen Gardner, and I am the host of the storytelling event, also known as Story Night. For this intro, I'm coming to you from my house in Port Orchard, Washington, in my bedroom, to be precise. I've got the window open, so you may hear dogs barking or people mowing their lawns, though I don't know why they're mowing their lawn today. The grass is kind of wet. Um, there's some work going on. I haven't heard too many lawnmowers. Um, but anyway, you may hear some noises from, from the background that uh, you don't normally hear when I'm recording this in my garage. Because, you know, my garage is so well insulated from sound. Uh, obviously, since the last time we met in the bar, a lot has changed. We've been pivoting for about three months our first virtual story night in April. We had a mix of stories and a couple of songs from Angela Soph. The next month was more or less the same with music from Eric Snyder, and then the world blew up after the death of George Floyd. And in June, our virtual story night was highlighted by stories, poetry, and mostly by a conversation among Dr. Karen Bolton, Tamara Clough, and Asia Renee. And as I record this, our county is waiting to hear whether we can advance to what this state calls Phase 3 in the defense against coronavirus, the coronavirus that causes COVID-19, to be precise. Um, in Seattle, there is talk that the barriers at CHOP, uh, formerly known as CHAD, are going to come down. So uh, Capitol Hill neighborhood will, I guess, go back to real normal there. Baseball announced it will return. And I'm a fan And I disagree with those who say that this will be a season no one regards. And I'm looking at you, Too Beautiful to Live. That said, I'm not all that optimistic the season will even finish. Teams are already seeing outbreaks, and they haven't even officially returned to the second spring training. Uh, This week, this next week, I'm supposed to go out to dinner with five teammates from the Leadership Kitsap class I graduated from, though doing so will require Phase 3 approval from the state Something we didn't have last week, The uh, on Thursday, when we were originally planning to meet, can't have more than five people at a table in a restaurant, and there are six of us on our team. And to be honest, despite all of this, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good for the moment. Content is not something I have felt for some time. I have hated the quarantining. I hated being forced to work from home. I, I don't have to do that anymore. And to a large degree, I can't do it anymore. I don't relish the idea of going to the sit-down restaurant that I'm apparently going to be going to. I'm a little nervous about it. I I think uh, there is still a huge need to be cautious. But over the past few months, I have relished what it means to sit and just talk with somebody with no agenda. And I look forward to that. 
I think we're a long way from being done with all of this, but something about the idea of phase three just feels great. I hope we get there. I hope they approve it and I hope it lasts. As for story night, we really can't meet at the, at the Cloverleaf until phase four because the room we used is being utilized for the restaurant until then. At least that's the latest word from the Cloverleaf. And honestly, I'm not all that. No, I don't know how eager I am to get people inside of a closed space anyway. Um, there are two months, by the way, that I refuse to let story night be the first nights back. One of them is August because of the primary, and the other one is November because of the general election. And I, I say that because, as many of you know, I work in elections, and those events, particularly November, will be huge. Um, if we had been going on as normal, I would have asked for a fill-in to, to host in November anyway. Um, and as it stands, you know, we have to be in phase four to get back inside. And I'm wondering if we might be in phase three the rest of the year. Uh, because as we naturally gravitate to go back inside, that does apparently increase the risk that there will be more infections. There is perhaps an opportunity we could do something outside, but I haven't really explored it in detail yet. And I, I wonder if it is more if there are more permits necessary than then make it worth it don't let any of that come off as pessimism if you go to storynight.org you'll see a quote and i'm quoting myself here that every time we finish a story night i feel like i just witnessed a miracle and yet i have all the confidence in the world that when we all feel good about gathering again we'll fill the place this must mean that i believe in miracles it's as true today as when I wrote that, which honestly was just a couple of weeks ago, so that shouldn't be that big a shock. I miss you guys. I miss our event. The virtual events have each been meaningful in their own. And there's got to be a way that I, I think that the meaningfulness that I found in those events makes me want to do that once we're back together in person again. But I am missing all your faces, and those faces might be behind masks when we see each other again. And mine might be too, but I'll take it. So, that's enough of that. For those of you scoring at home, this is episode number 140. Wow! 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 All I can say is wow! He has a rather large head. This week's story comes from Bridget Burke. She told it in February 2020. That's earlier this year. When the theme was housing based on the Kitsap Regional Library One Book, One Community Selection called Evicted, a book by Matthew Desmond. It was the second to last time we gathered together before we took shelter indoors for a new temporary reality. Here's Bridget. My, uh, I never had um, a key to my house growing up. I don't think any of my brothers and sisters did because there was always somebody home. Um, and in fact, there were so many kids in our neighborhood um, our neighbors across the street, the Ryans, had eight kids. The Vernicells um, to our right had nine. Uh, the Magalas directly across from us had nine. The Canes had seven. And Mrs. Graff had 12. Um, and my mom was considered an amateur because she only had six. So... Um, and I think because my mom had so many kids, 
she didn't really decorate our house at all. So it was kind of left up to my dad. And his um, theme for the house was like early American garage sale. <laughs> and he loved garage sales um, so much. <laughs> uh, he would go, not with something in mind, but he would just go and pick whatever he thought was interesting. And so that's what our house really had. Um, we had, uh, well, there were a couple things that he really did like. One of them was maps, and so that became some wallpaper. Um, he also liked stuffed animals, uh, and I mean taxidermy. Um, <laughs> he didn't hunt, but we did have a deer head, and we had a badger. And the badger was on a, a side table next to the couch, and the side table was a log, and then there was the badger. And for some reason, we all had pictures of us with our hand on the badger. Um, and my dad loved eagles. Um, and anyone who came to our house, we, they could always know where our house was because there was a big bald eagle um, on the outside of the house. And then when you walked in... It was eagles everywhere. Um, there were eagle mirrors. We had eagle towel racks, eagle towels. Um, we had a sculpture of an eagle with detachable wings, which, of course, we did always detach. Um, we, my mom, in their bedroom, they had an eagle, um, like a plastic eagle, big plastic eagle sculpture. And in the bathroom, we had an eagle shower curtain. And yes, of course, the eagle toilet seat. <laughs> so that was my dad's way of decorating our house. Um, and of course, being in an Irish Catholic neighborhood, we had the two decorative plates, JFK and the Pope. Those were also up. <laughs> um, my dad also liked history a lot, so he had action figures of all the presidents. And they were up on the molding all over the kitchen. Um, so in eighth grade, my mom brought in a chair. It's the first piece of new furniture I ever remember coming into our house. And um, I'm going to use the term chair very loosely because um, it was more like a medical piece of equipment. Um, so my mom, she actually was a stay-at-home mom for a few years, having the six kids. They were all kind of in a row. And then by the time I was, like, in third or fourth grade, she went back to work, and she decided to sell chairs. That was one of her jobs. Um, and it, when I was in eighth grade, my sister got pregnant. She was um, 18 years old. She came back home, and she was going to have the baby, you know, with our house, um, in our house. Um, and the chair that my mom sold was a birthing chair. And so she brought it into the house, and the chair actually, the best place for it to have a baby was, of course, my bedroom. <laughs> so this is a, it's a pretty big piece of medical equipment. It uh, is molded plastic with handle, hand grips underneath the seat, a hole, stirrups, and um, a pedal so that you can move it up and down, sideways, backwards. And so, you know, it takes nine months to have a baby. My sister came home when she was like two months pregnant. So for seven months, I had this chair in my room. 
And most kids would come in and go, what the hell is that? And I'd be like, it's a birthing chair. Of course, we all sat in it. And at first it was kind of like amusing. And then it just literally became a chair in my room that kids would just sit in. And we... Um, anyhow, my sister had the baby at home, which was really great. Um, and during the birth, I was there, and my mom just kept trying to coax her into the chair, get in the chair. <laughs> and of course, she was like, "No, I'm not getting into the chair." And she had the baby on my bed, so. And she had a beautiful baby, um, my nephew Paul. Uh, as soon as he was born, they put him on a ironing board and you know did cleaned him up and everything to this day he tells the story he was born on an ironing board (laughs) you know what um so um home decorating tells you a lot about the people who live there um to this day um you could go on google earth and see um see that there's an eagle there um my parents no longer live in that house but you can check there's the eagle there and My home will always be the birthplace of my nephew, Paul. You see what we've been missing by not getting together in person? Yeah, that was a really fun story. Thank you, Bridget, for sharing that back in February. And hope to see all of you together again so we can enjoy moments like that. And I only wish she would have provided the address so that we could all Google Earth and see the eagle. Story Night events are a partnership between Story Night and the Kitsap Regional Library. They're uh, looking forward to opening up again here soon, too. As far as I know, once we're able to meet in person again, they still will be. They've been working with us on the virtual events. We have our events the first Thursday of every month. We'll continue to do so. The live events have traditionally been at the Cloverleaf Sports Bar and Grill in Bremerton. I'd appreciate you giving them a little business while we're not there. Maybe if uh, you watch Virtual Story Night this week, you can stop by and grab a sandwich or a pizza. There's a deal on pizza on Thursdays. For the past few months, you had to go to Facebook Live, and I think that's where we'll be again this week. We uh, we still have regular scheduled events. As I said, our next story night is July 2nd. That is this next Thursday, uh, as I record this anyway. The theme that night is delights. We may do something unique, but that's all we do when we do virtual story nights. They're all unique these days. The Story Night podcast is available on all the apps, though. I've discovered that it's sometimes hard to find on the apps. I had one app where they had the old interface and a list of all the um, podcasts on the from the old site, and um, I still haven't figured out how to fix that. So if you're using the app that uh, Ira Glass suggested on This American Life, uh, I'm working on it. Let's say that much. Storynight.org has a recording of all of our virtual events, all the podcast episodes, and a calendar. On Facebook and Twitter, our handle is StoryNightWa. And here's a preview of what you hear the next time I managed to put an episode together. One time they showed up with a gunny sack full of corn on the cob. They said on the way back from Anacortes, they passed a farm that had corn ready to harvest. So they did. (laughs) So that night we had baked salmon and stolen corn. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing your story. I don't think this one's got the distance.